When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What we've got here is failure to communicate. And it get hot. I got a lot of. I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down, so it was straight, and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. With your host, Mike Paul. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Hey, guys. Welcome back to Paul's to the Wall podcast. I am your host, Mike Paul, joined, of course, by my brother, Nick Paul. And for the second time, our good buddy, Tyler Bennett. How you guys doing? Good. Doing well, man. Doing well. Just uh, soaking in the day's events, uh, getting, getting zooted on some kombucha. Rocking yeah. out, dude. So far, twenty twenty one has really kicked it off with a bang. You know, I think we all knew that it was a uh, twenty twenty was just the uh, warm up, and <laughs> that's really proven to be uh, pretty true already. So, Tyler, what are your thoughts on what's going on in DC today? Wow. Um, yeah, I, I didn't really. I just happened to see some stuff in the group chat, and then I popped on Twitter. I saw things just. Going crazy, you know. I saw some guy sitting in Nancy Pelosi's office with his feet up, and you know, it's it's pretty wild. It took a little bit to process, and then you know, I scrolled deeper into Twitter, and I guess the way I'm looking at it is like, after 2020, of course, people are angry. I mean, they've been locked in their homes and for a year. They've been told that they can't open a business, they can't run their business. Some of them couldn't even go to work. They're forced not to see their babies born. They couldn't attend funerals of their loved ones. Even they couldn't even smile at their neighbors if they passed them because, you know, they had to wear, they're forced to wear a muzzle everywhere they went. So I'm not necessarily sure it's just Trump's base that's angry here. Um, I think it's just about every working class person in this country on the right side of the political spectrum and the left. I mean, we saw riots from the left earlier this year. All right. How about you, Nick? So I, I basically back everything Tyler just said. The only thing I wanted to add is this is, uh, you know, obviously social media is a cesspool, especially Facebook, because it's, you know, Facebook is like these loosely connected friends where they're not your boys, but they're people that you have interacted with at some point in the past. And you are fond enough of them that it's like, let's keep in touch your Facebook friends. Everybody knows the concept of a Facebook friend. And I always view Facebook, uh, you know, I've, 
the last 12 months I've given up on trying to like reason with people or try to sway anybody's opinion because at this point, everybody's been pushed into whatever camp they were. Even people that were apolitical have now at least, you know, silently taken a position and you're not going to change anybody's mind with data or talking or logic or anything like that. Right. So the way I view Facebook is here are people that I know and I could just kind of get the pulse of the country through these people and what they're saying. So it's like this straw poll that you're kind of taking by seeing how people react to these things. And I, like Tyler said, I, I was mostly out of the loop today. And then all of a sudden started getting like all these group texts and everything where, you know, things are going wild in DC. I saw somebody uh, stole the spoke, the speaker or no, was it the, the speaker podium. of the house podium? Yeah. The podium. Yeah, guy, yeah. Just mad respect to that guy. That's awesome. You know, but immediately I, I was wondering, I'm like, okay, how is this going to be spun? Because from what, everything I could tell, there weren't any uh, deaths, but I, no, I just heard like a minute ago, somebody might've been yeah. shot. Yeah. Okay. okay. So it was a death. yeah. Okay. That's sad, but Terrible. you know, yeah, of course. And you know, at, they're, you know, raiding these government buildings. And uh, from what I could tell, there were no like, there's no arson. There's no looting. And I'm not saying that like, it's great because of that. And therefore it's better than the BLM riots. But the reality is it's like, okay, if you're going to go apples to apples here, the BLM riots, there were far more innocent people harmed, you know, innocent bystanders just trying to defend their business or, you know, innocent passersby. And there's also just a lot more theft and looting. Now I, I, the whole thing, like Tyler just said, like it's, it's not, black and white. I think there's a lot of gray here. It's like, so it's, they're, they're doing something else, you know, which is not, like out of the left's playbook. But however, uh, going back to my Facebook friends, the cognitive dissonance that has to be brought about when you're defending the BLM riots, but condemning these ones is insane. There's no reality. Like you could say, okay, they're both really bad, but I can't conceive of a world, a worldview where you say, the BLM ones are great and it was for good. And these ones are evil. I cannot understand that. I really can't. So it, it's like today was just further evidence that we need a peaceful divorce before we're first into a violent one. Yeah. It, it really felt like um, this whole year has really been like um, our whole nation has been watching our parents get ready to possibly get divorced. It's been pretty on the rocks all year. And uh, you know, there's been a lot of yelling, a lot of heavy drinking, some cussing and, uh, not very many uh, smiles around the house, but uh, today I think we crossed the line and we saw some domestic violence. Now there's a police report. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, I think daddy came home drunk today. Yeah. And I think uh, <laughs> he was ready to put some hands. Dinner wasn't ready. Yeah. We're, um, we're beyond counseling at this point. So, so I think we're, uh, we're, all, we're, we're set for a divorce and let's do it peacefully. That's the way I look at it. Guys, I have a, I have a question for you. Um, and this was posed to me by Mr. Webster himself. Is it theft when it's federal property and your taxes pay for it, or are you just borrowing it? Well, see, it gets kind of dicey because we have to like divide that thing up into like 200 million pieces and give everyone a piece <laughs> that pays taxes. So that's true. That's so true. he's kind of stealing from the taxpayers, but you know, I'd rather have him have it than, than Pelosi. So yeah, yeah, but also, like, I've heard this thought experiment before. Like, you just ask Tyler, it's like, okay, let's say a burglar is going around. And he steals like a hundred dollars from everybody in a small town and you have an opportunity to get your hundred dollars back. And it's like, okay, 
can you do it? But it's not really your hundred dollars. You're just getting a hundred dollars from this guy. You can't prove that it was yours unless you have like some like watermark on it. Right. So, I mean, when it comes to government property, I mean, I don't know. And also if you manage to get it back, not that stealing a podium is going to like, you know, cover your entire year of federal income taxes, but if you steal a podium or let's say you steal like a significant chunk of change, then you didn't really get stolen from. So do you like forfeit your right to, you know, keep on this path? Like, I don't know how it works. It's, it gets dicey when it's that fungible. Right. Yeah. The, uh, the, the solution is just don't steal from people in the first place. Gang. Gang. I'd say, I'd say that's a solid, uh, solid argument there. One can only dream. So I, I did have one, one thought came to mind when I started seeing this though. And is, I think it's really good from time to time to remind politicians who they work for. I mean, yeah. I, I really, I really think that they're, they're, I mean, of course the, the federal, the, the government's crackdown on all this shit is going to be horrible. It's going to go so far to the, you know, you got, you got two cops coming in to office and they are not going to put up with this. But uh, I, I do think short term anyway, it was a good reminder to to let the politicians know who they work for. You know, you don't you don't work for big corporations. You you know, we're footing the bill for this. So, you know, it, of course, the media, like like you guys said, they're going to spin it. They're going to spin it in the worst way. You already saw pictures of guys with Confederate flags. There's probably like two people with Confederate flags, but the media caught them. And they're going to put them all over on every screen and every CNN screen on every airport. It's it's inevitable that they're going to spin it to racist, misogynist, you know, nationalist Trump supporters. Yeah. And that's that would kind of bother me. It just kind of shows kind of the IQ you're dealing with with some of these Trump supporters where it's like, OK, listen, I'm the kind of guy. I don't really care about the Confederate flag debate. I don't care to own one. I live in uh, northern Illinois in the 21st century. I have no desired on a confederate flag but also the way the left makes it racist the whole thing is just kind of whatever disinterested for me but you know they they call you guys racist unfairly all the time so why do you bring confederate flags and wave them just to give cnn data to cherry pick just so they can go around and and so when spike lee makes his movie in five years about how racist trump was and how he almost got this racist takeover of the country joe biden came in just in time and restored order to america like you gave them all the perfect footage for that by bringing those flags. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's what uh, I think I brought it up on the last episode. This is, I've been wondering about this for years. You know how I said, like when David Duke endorses somebody, it sinks them. So mm-hmm. if you're David Duke and you know that, are you intentionally sinking people? You know, it's like if you become so toxic that you can, you know, endorse one person and they are done for, for the rest of their career, then you know, if you're if you're somebody that wants to sink a movement, you just show up with a Confederate flag and then you delegitimize everything they do. Because, of course, if there's four hundred thousand people there and five of them have Confederate flags, you know, you, you could make the rational case like, OK, this is like point oh something percent of the, the people that are doing it. But it doesn't matter. They instantly become the face of the movement. Right. Yeah. And it's always easy to spot them. You're carrying a flag with the, the most evil symbol to the left. I mean, it's it might as well be like the like the Batman logo, you know. Only the, <laughs> the evil version. They should have wore pussy hats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every, I, I mean, they get, what are they going to say? A bunch of Trump Trump supporting feminists stormed uh, stormed the Capitol building. I, I did How find it. How do you spin that? 
I found it extremely interesting that um, the media, they were so going out of their way to say, like, these are not protests. These are riots. And, you know, here, here they are today with their pro- – oh, these aren't protests. Sorry, riots. Like, they kept saying it as if, like – it was almost, like, in your face to be like, yeah, we don't call BLM and, and Antifa riots. Those are peaceful. But we are going to make sure these go down as riots, which, hey, I'm fine with both of those being called riots. I'm not trying to say these weren't riots today. But I'm just calling balls and strikes. Antifa and BLM had riots um, and they were actually uh, way more destructive and they like burned down small businesses and, and uh, you know, destroyed people's communities. Um, and these people basically act like a bunch of toddlers inside of the, the, the House of Representatives. So to add to that, uh, courtesy of NBlock Press, and you can follow him at NBlock Press on Twitter. <sighs> He pulled up an old AOC tweet from December 2nd of 2020, and she said, The whole point of protesting is to make people uncomfortable. Activists take that discomfort with the status quo and advocate for concrete policy changes. Popular support often starts small and grows. To folks who complain protest demands make others uncomfortable, that's the point. Huh. Well, <laughs> But yeah, I thought I thought uh, I thought that was pretty good. It was very good. I, you know, it's it's the so actually the first comment under that thread was the most recent one, and someone goes, "Are you uncomfortable now?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, what? along those same lines, I just thought of this. Somebody made a video of Chris Cuomo covering the BLM riots from I don't know what month it was, but within the last six months. And it's a collab, or it's a collaboration of um, the video that is playing as if it's on CNN. Are these cops that are like pepper spraying the MAGA people today and shooting rubber bullets and all this chaos? And then it's Chris Cuomo saying, uh, "You know these these protests. Since when are protests supposed to be completely peaceful and comfortable? This is how real change gets done." And he's like basically saying like the ends justify the means, but it's to the MAGA protests slash riots. Yeah. And it's incredible. I'm like, oh, that beautiful. is that is just perfect. Yeah, it's beautiful. And but well, yeah, once again, though, it's it's just propaganda. And dude, it works. It's so effective. And I just I look around anecdotally in my own life, and I, I see people that just buy the propaganda hook, line, and sinker, and they're not even worth. You know, there are people that I care about that are close to my life, and it's like I just we just stay away from the topics because they're they're so polarizing and volatile that I'm, I'm watching people destroy their relationships with each other over this stuff right now, and it's really really sad. And Terrible. politics is invading every square inch of life right now. It's like you can yeah. do your best to just stay away from it, but it will find you. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you guys a question. Um, do you, what did you expect to happen? Today? Yeah. Like before, before all this happened, what did you expect to happen? Well, I didn't expect a guy to be dressed with an animal head shirtless on the speaker floor, but, um, other than that, pretty close to this, I figured Trump would lose. Um, and then these people weren't going to just go right home. They're going to be outraged. I didn't think they'd breach the walls. That kind of surprised me. I thought they would just be chanting in the street and yelling. And um, I didn't expect fires and like violence unless, you know, Antifa showed up and started throwing punches. Then I thought it could get pretty ugly. But um, it was pretty close to this just without the fact they actually breached the walls. That, that was kind of a huge surprise to me. 
Yeah, you know, my my uh, basically exactly what Mike said. And the one thing I would say is I didn't expect Antifa to show up because they are, uh, you know, safeties and numbers kind of pussies. And they knew that they weren't going to be the majority at this event. So they're going to steer clear of it because they only attack. They're they're like hyenas. You know what I mean? Like they, mm-hmm. you, all the videos you see, it's when there's six of them to like one other guy. And right. they could all jump in and get their punch and then get back out into the huddle, you know, and it's it's just cowardly, uh, terrible tactics. But yeah, that's that's basically what I expected. I, I didn't know. I mean, really, I thought it was a roll of the dice. It could just be a boring mm-hmm. protest like most of the anti-lockdown protests. You know, they, they're saying like, oh, look how violent the right is because that one time in Michigan, they went up to the state capitol building. But then they ignore the thousands. It's not like, you know, they said, what was it of the BLM protests? Something like 9% turned violent when the anti-lockdown protests, I don't think any of them actually got violent. And the one that was even controversial, you're talking about one out of thousands. So look at percentage. It's yes. That's basically what I expected. Real quick to interrupt. I just got an alert um, that there is a uh, Congress has reconvened to count the electoral college votes after extremists interrupted the process today. So they're back counting. Um, well, oh, oh, extremists. It's like, fine. I'm fine. Call them extremists. That's fine. Whatever. I'm not going to sit here and debate that. But then you can't call BLM peaceful protests, though. Like, I, once again, call balls and strikes. Well, if you're if you're marching in the streets with signs, you're a civil act activist. Or, so, you know, and then if you storm any government facility, you're an extremist. It's one man. Right. One man's terrorist is another's freedom fighter. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, I think what you're talking about the the hypocrisy. The the one other thing I was going to mention with a, a friend on Facebook is saying, you know, look at how these uh, it's like, you know, all these people are storming the Capitol and aren't being shot down. Sounds about white, or it's like W H I T E. Like they, mm-hmm. if they were black, they would have been gunned down. And it's like refresh my memory during all the BLM protests where they just getting mowed down by the National Guard. No, he had one one shooting incident, and it was a 17-year-old kid who was legitimately defending himself. And they, second of all, people were hit with pepper spray and, and tear gas and rubber bullets today. Sorry, Tyler. The feds learned after Ohio. After Kansas. Yeah, yeah can't made, for a, no more. made for a um, Neil Young song. So another thing, another good point that I saw – you know, about why, what was expected to go down. Thaddeus Russell had a great tweet today. He said, they called them Nazis, traitors, and white trash. They invented a massive hoax to remove the president they voted for. They censored them through their auxiliaries in the media in Silicon Valley. They refused to look at evidence of electoral fraud. What did you expect? Yeah. Yeah, really. That gets and to the heart of it. I, I honestly like Thad's the man. He he nailed it. When when the Trump the Trump base was ripe for radicalization because a lot of people were real tired of this milk toast conservative bullshit that they had been fed, the John McCain's, Mitt Romney, spineless losers. And while all these people on the coast called them hillbillies uneducated morons horribles what did they expect right and especially yeah you, I mean, you spent four years with the media trump's shoe could be untied and it was somehow an act of aggression yeah and i, I mean, think that guy I'm, could tweet happy holidays and all of a sudden it's it's getting 24 7 news coverage about how he was racist 
He didn't. He wasn't inclusive. He was demonizing someone. He, he didn't take threatened Kwanzaa. Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, it's. I mean, I've. It's Obama got eight years of a free pass outside of Fox News, with that one scandal where he's like he wore a tan suit. Yeah, and Fox That's News it. is more kind of Fox News is like the WWE version of like, oh yeah, we got to take right. the opposition and try to throw punches at you, but we're always right. you know two sides so, of the same coin. I mean. What did they expect? There's there's half the country that voted for the guy, and and they spent four years being told that they're losers, worthless, racist. No matter what they did, they could give all his all his voters could give half of their money to charity, and they'd still be at fault. Yeah, yeah. remember the two scoops of ice cream controversy when Trump had two scoops of ice cream, and that was like the world was yeah. ending. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, dude's eating fucking ice cream. <laughs> and then all the other Biden, presidents get two. I get, I get one scoop. And the ironic part is when uh, you know Hunter Biden is under the largest presidential scandal uh, or cause of you know, the largest investigation ever. Um, they completely suppress it, and then just ask Biden what uh, what flavor milkshake he got in the midst of the scandal in his first public appearance. What flavor? It's yeah. just it's just fascinating. But it, and I just. God, I wish I could trade shoes for a day and just be one of these, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss people that just they think what they hear on MSNBC is reality and just like, oh, no, like Trump's just crazy because Joe Biden legitimately won and he's just a sore loser. And Joe Biden's going to end this disease and he's going to make a better country and restore the soul and honor and all these buzzwords. I just wish for a day I could be that person. I really do. I envy them. They still believe the system works. Yeah, they're delusional. It's the guy in the Matrix, the guy in the Matrix that wants to go back to the blue pill. You know, it's yep. and it's I get yeah. it. It's tempting. You know, it's like I can I'd still rather live in the real world and see everything, but it's tempting. Right. It's like, and I try to do that manually. Where some weekends I'll say like, okay, no political podcast this weekend. I'm not going to watch any news, read any articles, debate anybody on Facebook. I'm just going to train and play chess or watch a TV show, binge it, and just stay away from it. And Man, your life is so much better when you stay away from it. Your mood so today, better. when I saw all this stuff going down, I'm like, I'm off Facebook tonight. I I mm-hmm. didn't, you know what I mean? But I couldn't help That's, myself. I got on a little I, bit. But. I had to get I had to get off all social media besides Twitter. Dude, I, I had this, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, so I like all this stuff was going on and, and just, you know, you and I are all three of us are in a group text together and then Nick and I are a different one with some family members, but you know, both of them are just blowing up with things all day and and I'm at, you know, just working or driving home and I can't look at my texts and I get home and I got a busted dryer to work on. I got four little kids screaming at me and dude, my, I was just like redlining all day. I'm like, I I need a break. I can't take any more information. Like, I don't know what's going on, whatever. Trump's not going to win. It's finally, people can stop saying it. Like here's how Trump can still win, which I'm sure there still will be plenty over the next two weeks. But, um, I just, yeah, I just need ready to tune out. You know, it's like, I just need a break. Like Nick said, like, just go do something productive for yourself and just escape. It's so much healthier. The, the polarization, the, these wheels have been in motion for a long time, probably since nine 11, honestly, there was that brief moment of unity, but ever since then, those wheels were put in motion. And then they realized how much division sells and the ratings started going up. And like Trump was, Trump was a gift to the media. That guy, oh, yeah. he could rekindle. He it. could fart on an airplane, and they could run coverage on that for a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and then his tweets, like, and he fed off it. That dude's a narcissist. He's mm-hmm. he loves it. Yeah, and like, what are they gonna do? 
I hope the New York Times goes fucking bankrupt when Biden's president because he's so vanilla. He's so boring. His Twitter is the most cringe shit I've ever seen. We're going to unite America on January 20th. How's it going for you, buddy? It's January 6th and they tried to burn the shit down. Yeah, like about Biden? Yeah, like he's yeah. always tweeting just vanilla, oh, like well, very yeah. generic catchphrases. Just buzzwords and fluff of just oh, right. soul and integrity and honor. Dude, yeah. he's and who, the most people generic. believe this? Yeah, people do. People, people do. He's buy this shit? Yes. Dude, he's the most generic politician in American history. He's literally <laughs> just like this blank canvas that you could just put whatever you want on then his handlers will just say here are your talking points and even though he's going to be the president of the united states like one of the most powerful men in the world he is still like very low on the chain of command and it's just obvious for anybody to see like right the guy the guy doesn't have any original policy proposals or, or anything like that outside it's, of the, the 94 guy, crime bill the guy doesn't yeah, have an original really. speech He's not really, he just plagiarizes everything. Like the guy does, he's literally just like just a, an establishment vehicle that drives through all the uh, upper echelon of uh, establishment politics. So uh, on the the timeline, Earth guys play a game once in a while called Joe Biden or Charles Manson, and they read <laughs> they read quotes. They read quotes, and the guys on the podcast have to guess whether the quote was Joe Biden or Charles Manson. <laughs> and honestly. Charles Manson's quotes make more fucking sense. It's <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's 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 worth if you ever have some downtime, it's worth a listen. It's hysterical. That sounds hilarious. Like, you know, so not to totally high, transition on you, but I I was thinking of this because I saw Dave Smith tweeting about it because he's like, I might have to do a second podcast today. And what do you guys think about? Is this his moment? Is it possible to bring some of these disgruntled Trump voters? Part, at least partially. They're probably not going to give up. They're not going to leave the matrix totally, but partially to the the liberty side of the world. For they're going to. You saying for Dave Smith's moment? Yeah. Like, do you think that like that, especially if him, people like him and Angela McArdle, if they start to push the LP towards the Mises Caucus direction? Mm-hmm. Do you think that they can have some outreach to these disgruntled Trump voters? Yeah, I mean, because the you know the wars are are less popular than ever, so it's easier easier at time than ever to get the neocons to convert over to uh, you know our view of foreign policy. Um, still, like, I mean, easy battle, but it's easier than ever. And yeah, I mean, just with all the stuff going on in the economy, a lot more people are are interested in the Federal Reserve and you know Austrian economics than ever. Um, I remember during the first round of stimulus, Nick was sharing that Tom Woods video on the boom bust cycle and all these people that never had any interest in economics are suddenly wanting to learn about it because now it actually affects their personal life and they want to know how to prepare. So, yeah, I think there's huge opportunity if it's executed correctly. Um, and I think Dave would be probably the best guy to do it. And you know, I'd love to see Tom Woods get involved heavily, too. Oh, hell yeah. And, you know, one thing is when you can when you ask somebody a question, let's say even if they are like an NPC that has been pre-programmed with whatever mainstream media talking points they have been given and you ask them a question or propose something that they've heard before and they have their answer ready to go. Like they know the rhetoric that they have to throw at you uh, to, to at least keep you satisfied. You know, they, they know how to retort, but when you ask them something that's completely out of their purview and you force them to think about it, then you could kind of hack into the system a little bit. Like you can freeze the way they think. And one thing I've been asking people is 
How do you see this? Can you explain to me how the tension in the country, is there any way it de-escalates and how do you prevent just violent clashes and how is decentralizing and breaking up not a better option? And they, people actually, Absolutely. it doesn't matter how, yeah, they don't matter. It doesn't matter how blue pill they are. They'll sit there and think and freeze and then reluctantly agree. Like I've had like 80% success with this, like four out of five people that I talk to go, yeah, no, I think that actually probably is the best way to go. And yeah, uh, sports, that that's a populist idea. I, I really think it is. I've been listening to a lot of like Tim pool lately and mm-hmm. he's completely on board. Every guest that he brings on, he asks them and everybody goes, yeah, you know, I think that's probably the way to go. It's gaining support. Yeah. It's been kind of cool. I've been listening to a lot of Tim pool who, um, you know, I I've heard him on Rogan a couple of times, but I never really listened to his podcast until this election. Um, you know, once he went for Trump, that kind of interested me that uh, a former Bernie supporter went for Trump. That's not very common. But, you know, he's he's an ally on most fronts, you know, other than like medical Medicare for all and minimum wage, maybe. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll I'll stick to the bigger policies right now and we can debate that stuff later. But uh, no, yeah, he's actually cool. flipped on both of those in the last couple months, both of oh. those specifically, really? specifically. Yeah. The, the Medicare for all thing. He's concerned about the wokeism of the Democratic side. And he's like, you know, they they want to administer the vaccine to minorities first and he's like this is insane it's it's insane that this is how you would like plan to distribute it and then he's just completely red pilled on the minimum wage like i don't know if you read like some thomas soul or something but he's like it destroys businesses and then you 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 know give all the labor for free to amazon and walmart and it's like okay, Not like that, you, you're, yeah. you're you're hurting the very people you're trying to help you're just outlawing labor for them they're not right. qualified yeah. for the dollar amounts and so now we're just gonna hire people that are more qualified and it's almost like minimum wage. The the whole argument. It's I've haven't spent any time thinking about it in so long because it's so like once you thoroughly grenade it, I have no desire to even talk about it again. Like it's such an easy fight to win. I don't even. It's just boring, honestly. But you can't. The problem is, is like you can you can win it with your sound logic, but people are still. The problem is they brought emotions into politics. Mm-hmm. That's what an emotion. Talking. If you cannot convince someone when they have an emotional stance on something, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. And I, I've I know that uh, that Aaron from Timeline Earth and Pete Quinones has talked about it as well. Like there's the the time for people in the liberty community to argue facts, logic, and theory and philosophy with people is done. It's over. Because everyone's so emotionally invested in their position, you will not win them over with it. You could literally throw every Mises economic theory at someone, and they're still going to say, working people deserve a $15 minimum wage. It doesn't matter. When was the last time you convinced someone who is a diehard Democrat that maybe they're more Republican than they think? Sure, It doesn't work. It won't work. And right, and Trump. I think you could sit down with a uh, with a socialist that's you're not you know not a full blown socialist, but just someone who goes with all this AOC type milquetoast socialism, um, and you know just have a one on one and just show them it all on paper why this doesn't work, why this is wrong. Here's what you're not factoring in, poke holes, and they you might win them over, but they could go back to their other world where they hang out with their other friends that they see all the time, and they'll speak. Jeff Bezos made seven billion dollars last month, and there's seventy thousand right. homeless people in, in San Francisco. And they're like, "Oh, yes, take his money. We got to take the money from the rich and give it to the poor." And it's like, you, you, that's not how it works. You you can't do that. Once you start taking from them, 
you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube once you give government that power. And eventually they're just going to milk the rich until the only rich people are politicians. And we're already getting there. Yeah. And what are you going to do when the rich people leave? Like we covered this last episode, like the socialists never think about, okay, well, I'm getting fleeced and I'm rich, then I'm going to go somewhere that wants me and it's not going to try to rob me. So either now you have two options. You can hold me in at gunpoint, put up walls and milk me dry like, like a, like a rich cattle until I'm broke and you have all my money and I'm in a bread line. Um, you know, or you can let me leave and you can't fund anything and all your other middle class and poor just got extremely poor. are going to starve to death. Like that's how it literally ends every single time without exception. But we have to keep reinventing the wheel and going, well, if our generation runs it, see, we're more compassionate and we'll figure it out because we just need to take money from the rich. It's victimhood. Victimhood is so much easier to sell than individual responsibility or accountability. It, it's just the facts of the matter. It's an emotional appeal and that wins, especially, I mean, you've had how many, what have we had over a hundred years of public schooling now? Mm-hmm. So people have been, their brains have been turned into mud mm-hmm. for decades on decades on decades. Like it's, it is what it is. People are just there. They don't know anything. You don't know anything unless you pursue it now. I was nothing more than to be a good worker bee, and that's it. Yeah. I listened to a very interesting podcast today um, called Crow 777. A friend of mine sent it to me. It seems to be a pretty big show. I never heard he's of it. Boys with, he's boys with Owen Benjamin. They're like best friends. Okay. Well, this guy wasn't, it wasn't anything conspiratorial, but it was talking just about kind of the history of um, like how our culture has kind of dismantled the family element, which this isn't, you know, I guess you could say it's conspiratorial. To me, it's kind of, you know, provable and obvious when you look at the birth rates and everything of all the our generation but they're saying with uh you know pre-1930s 1920s before you had um you know radios in the house and everything uh you got your information from your community your churches your friends your family everything was tight that's so people kind of thought individually you didn't have people in southern florida thinking the same as people in western kansas you know they had different worldviews radically because they've never seen different types of right day to day um but once the radio came in and when you picture like um the movie a christmas story where ralphie's like sit in front of it listen to the radio like waiting for his ovaltine commercial to come on that's what kids did for entertainment now they hold cell phones in their hand but that's what they did back then was they they would listen and that gave the power to these companies for the first time ever to have hundreds of thousands of people have the same information and think the same way. And that never happened before in the history of mankind. And right. then you get to the television, then you get to music, um, you know, with the rock and roll hippie movement and all that. And, uh, you know, now music's like completely hijacked. We covered that one um, with the top 40 radio and all that. And uh, then obviously the internet and now social media. So now we just have this thing where it's like, you know, get the vaccine. COVID's going to kill you. Like they're, they, everyone has this, information just constantly feeding down upon them and you can't evade it. But uh, he said he went to a Mennonite community in Tennessee and was talking to them uh, in the middle of the summer when everyone else was all locked down and said, you know, how come you guys aren't affected by the pandemic? And he's looked at him and said, cause we don't have TVs or phones. Yeah. And so like, it's, contr- it's yeah. control. It's, it's a technocracy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting, man, but uh, the other thing I want to talk about is what, what do you guys think? Because um, you guys probably got it too now, but the the second round of Trump bucks officially hit my account this week, and I'm sure you guys got it too. What do you think's happening with this? Uh, do you think they're trying to uh, 
dose us like a drug dealer where they keep getting you high. So here you go. Here you go. Take it. Yeah. Good, don't it. Take yeah. It. Yeah. And then people are getting, look, dude, the second time, like they're getting ready to you know, negotiate how much they're going to give you for the second check. People couldn't take it anymore. They got withdrawals and went and graffitied Pelosi and McConnell's houses saying, give me my money. Where's my 2000? Like they didn't say like open the economy, stop locking us down. It's like, give me more free cheese. Like it's a drug addiction. I mean, it's so, so ironic. They call it a stimulus. It's like, it is, you're, you're hooked on a stimulant. That's all it is. Chuck Schumer already said the first thing they're doing when Biden gets in office is passing $2,000 checks. These, now mind you, these are just bribes. They're bribes to stop people from burning down City Hall. They're Mm -hmm. saying, we we know we fucked you. Please don't burn down City Hall. We want to keep our power. So we're going to fuck your great grandkids by borrowing from them to calm you down right now. Not mm-hmm. even great grandkids. They're not borrowing the money. They're printing it. It's it's robbing everybody. And we're sure. going to pay. Like you're going to have when you create this much money, some prices somewhere are going to be pushed up and they're probably going to be overvalued and somebody's going to lose their ass. And also we might just have regular consumer price inflation at some point when all that money comes out of the asset uh, markets and makes its way into the real economy. Then you're just going to see just, you know, regular inflation where the price of bread or, you know, uh, oils for some is staying low. But, you know, all these things that you use every day are actually going to be going up in price. And then when that starts happening, when people notice that they have less purchasing power every month, when they have like they're barely scraping by paycheck to paycheck and now they they're having trouble with their grocery bill. That's when shit's going to get really bad. And that's the one thing they can't fight. They can print money, but they cannot take it away. They don't have the tools. My, uh, that's a great point. The principled libertarian in me, when they when they first did this uh, stimulus bill, I wanted to take all the Trump bucks out in dollar bills and have them molded into a giant dildo and send them back to the Fed and say, "Go stimulate yourself." But um, I decided to put it all in Bitcoin instead. Which my sweet that's lord doing the same awesome. thing. That's the same thing. That's the <laughs> yeah, same thing. It is, dude. It just hit thirty seven thousand dollars Bitcoin. Are you watching it? Stonks. Yeah. Jeez. I try not to look at it. I get. I can't be flying half mast at work. <laughs> Dude, um, it's, it's crazy. I, yeah. So that's basically, it, it's just bribes there. But Nick, you had a great point. They're gonna, these dollars are eventually going to increase consumer goods prices. And when you have to pay $10 for a roll of toilet paper, people are going to be fucking pissed and they're going to be broke. And you know what happens when people are pissed and broke and own 500 million firearms, bad things happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's what really kind of threw me off today is I see little queef lords like Ben Shapiro talking about like, this is un-American. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure if King George would have been over in 1775, 1776. They would have tarred and feathered his ass too. Mm-hmm. Like, get out of here with this un-American crap. Yeah. I heard on the, on the these, media. Like, there was- these, these mainstream beltway conservatives are the biggest fucking grifters. They 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 act like they're so tough and they love the founders, but then the minute they they lick the boot, the first chance they get, and mm. you know Ben Shapiro wasn't the only one. And all of a sudden, these left these left wing journalists also they love the cops. They don't want to defund them anymore. They want to give them fucking tanks. Sure, yeah. What a so, fucking shit show. Some Democratic representative was on CNN like on the phone today, and they're interviewing her. and And let me just preface this by saying like i'm not condoning anything that the trump supporters did i'm not saying like yeah go go do this but um it was kind of interesting just watching the way this woman talked she's like 
you know, these people, they, they, they have a right, you know, to, to if they feel they've been wrong to peacefully assemble and protest, but they don't have a right to take up arms. They don't have a right to break into the building. I'm kind of like, I mean, it's literally in the Constitution. They have the right to take up arms and form a militia if they feel there's domestic right. or foreign enemies at work. Um, so I'm not saying I'm on their side, but if they truly have legitimate evidence that they think a t- duly elected president was just unseated with fraud, that's kind of what the Constitution does give them a right to do, you know. But yeah. just say like she said, I like, can't take up arms. And I'm like, really? These people like, are rule number two. It's rule number They're two. Out of touch. They're yeah. so out of touch. And the thing is is all this shit is happening in major city centers right now. Just wait, like like Nick said, back to Nick's point, wait until people in middle America can't afford to put gas in their car, can't afford to run their fucking combines because everything's too expensive to re- replace. These people are the people that you don't want angry. Right, exactly. You see, the people, I love that saying where it's like, uh, just wait till the people who just want to be left alone start getting involved. Yeah, like, yeah. That's they don't want to do this. It's they, they won't fight until their backs against the wall. And don't put them in that position because these are the kind of people that a lot of them are ex-military, um, you know, <laughs> weapons experts or have a lot of arsenal. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, know, it's, you, you want to avoid that at all costs. Like I, I say, we just find a way to a peaceful divorce. Like, come on, guys, it's broken. It's, it's the only it's way fight. at this point. Either yeah, that or crazy yeah. amounts of decentralization. Right. You know, I, I wanted to ask you guys this. Um, this has been like a common, uh, I guess, like metaphor that especially libertarians have used the last 10 years or so that, you know, the U.S. is the Titanic heading for the iceberg and we need to get people on lifeboats. We need to figure out how to to minimize the damage or steer clear of the iceberg. And, uh, you know, after I think the 2008 financial collapse there and QE afterwards, there was no avoiding the iceberg like you're on that path now. I'm saying like financially because. Uh, one thing Jeff Dice talks about is this really is the ticking time bomb. He had a video uh, that was from February. So before all of the COVID craziness and all of the debt and money printing where he said why the U S is beyond the point of no return. And he's saying like, if you wanted to change course the year, like 2000 was really when it, it would have doable if you wanted to buckle down. So when we're talking about this, right, the last 10 years, we've been saying like, we're headed for the iceberg. We're headed for the iceberg. Right now, it feels like we're not just headed for the iceberg. I think the bow is actually starting to crunch against the iceberg. Like, it really feels like it. And that's, I, I don't say that lightly. And I say that, and it's, it's kind of scary. Like, it, it feels like right now the wheels are actually coming off. Like, whatever mm-hmm. metaphor you want to use, like, the shit's hitting the fan right now. Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't see how 2021 isn't just an absolute shit show. I really don't. I mean, what do you guys think of that? Like, do you think that yeah. we are at that point? I yeah, it's kind of funny you bring that up because today was the first time I had like that um, kind of sobering moment when people are like you know like uh, inside and they're firing tear gas at Trump supporters. It's the first time the Trump supporters have, have actually you know gotten violent or not violent but taken up um, you know a riot or anything just to to fight back. So it's kind of like that moment like oh shit like is this gonna be the thing in the history books? Is it just today the day that they're gonna say like you know? it kicked off whatever's going to happen, whatever revolution or civil war or secession or whatever here is to come. Like, was this the big day now that we're going to look back on history? We're really pivoted. That was the day Harambe died. Yeah. Everything's went to shit since then. (laughs) It really is. When you, when you look back at it, it, the last five years, you can't tell the history of this decade without Harambe. Fucking Cincinnati zoo, dude. Um, 
yeah, I kind of, I, I agree with you guys. I think, I think that the time, I don't think that we're the only country that's fucking around with our money though. No. And our, our economy is so big that the way we go, we saw this in 2008, the way we go, the rest of the world goes, whether they like it or not. Um, <clears throat> especially when we're paying for just about every Western friendly nations, military support in one way, shape or form, whether it's military bases or foreign aid, or we sell them shit. Um, I, I ultimately, I think the last country that went off the gold standard was Switzerland. And I think 1990, 1991, and their, their currency is devalued at a much slower rate than the rest of the world. And we're still doing all right compared, you know, comparatively speaking, compared like to, to Venezuela, I think Zimbabwe, countries like that have had massive hyperinflation. But, you know, China's got a little currency manipulation going on, but so do we. I, I, I hate when journalists try to say, well, we're trying to manipulate their currency. What the fuck are we doing? We're doing the same fucking thing. We're paying people $600 to fuck off. And <laughs> like, Ultimately, I, I think that the it's it's going to come back to haunt us. And I think you're, you guys are probably right. It's it's coming maybe this year. The best thing that happened, though, is that I was kind of thinking that they would shoe in Trump, which originally I thought they were going to they put Biden up because he's so vanilla. He sucks. No one actually likes him. And I thought that Trump would win in a landslide. And then when the economy blew up, they would blame his tax cuts for it. Yeah. But like. The GOP is so incompetent. They were handed a golden goose here. They should have fucking pushed for every stimulus bill, every policy that would have just shit out the economy and said, this is Joe Biden's economy. And like they, they could have put themselves in a position to decimate the, the liberal wing of politics in the United States for decades. You know but, what Trump should have done? Sorry, go ahead. Finish. I, Ultimately, I, I really think that it's it's going to get fucky. I, I really – I think a national divorce of some sort would probably be the way to go. And honestly, I depending on which way it went, I would look for whoever's got the most sound money because generally where, where sound money is, freedom also is. Is that a plug for Bitcoin? Or gold even. The, the gold standard wasn't perfect. It wasn't perfect, but it was a lot better than this shit. Like yeah. – yeah. If you especially like 18 the 19th century gold standard, that was cash money. Mm-hmm. Outside of the greenbacks during the Civil War, that was a little fucky. But other than that, beautiful, perfect system. And I you know, with with the Bitcoin thing, and we don't have to talk we've talked so much about Bitcoin, but I, I we don't I'm not gonna like go deep on this, but it just right now at 38 grand or 37, whatever it is, it feels overvalued it feels like a ton of people are shoving a ton of capital into it right now and they're trying to make money it sounds it seems like there's some sort of speculating yeah for sure and as long as that's happening it's it's gonna crash back down now i think the floor for where it's gonna crash is much higher than it was you know when it crashed down to 3k or whatever so i mean yeah it's it's interesting and like tyler said the place with the soundest money is going to be the best place to go and, I, you know, that's why crypto is so awesome. It's like it could truly be out of the hands of, of government where there is no monopoly of currency. If you have gold and silver and Bitcoin and, and Ethereum and all these things that are competing, and, that's incredible. And nine millimeter. Yeah. yeah, for real. That's yeah. currency, baby. Dude, that's that's appreciating faster than silver and gold right now. Dude, I know. It's going nuts. 
But um, yeah, man, I don't know. So the, the stimulus bills though are really creep me out because I, I watch exactly what's happening. You know, because the last time the first round happened, all the big box stores and Amazon just got like incredibly more wealthy. Like, because everybody got this money and they're locked at home all summer, not working. They're like, let's go build a deck. Let's go redo the bathroom. Like, so people are just spending money to you know all these giant box stores and order stuff off Amazon. And you know that's the problem is the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. But um, you know there there's a government that's causing that you know or fueling they, that. They, it's, that's why they do the stimulus. They bribe everyone. But uh, my wife said today she saw like just today alone three different people that she went to high school with uh, on Facebook like asking for places for tattoo recommendations because they got their Trump box and they're gonna go like can you think of a less return on your investment something you literally cannot sell. Like you're gonna spend this money going into these times. You're gonna spend six hundred bucks on a tattoo. Hey, that yeah. butterfly on my lower back was fucking worth it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's what that's what happens though. It's like you know, free money for everybody. It's like, God, guys, this is, we're playing we're playing with a drug. Like, do not get hooked on the free government cheese. Because um, once it cuts off, I'm, I got news. Like, you're gonna people are gonna start raising their lifestyle with these checks coming in, and if they ever cut those checks off, they're going to go through nasty withdrawal symptoms. And, you know, it's like the, uh, in Yellowstone when they used to let the, the, the visitors feed the bears. And then all of a sudden the bears are getting dependent on the, the, uh, guests or the, you know, the visitors. So they weren't hunting and they were just hanging out and raiding tents and stuff and, and breaking into cars because they were entitled to get in just free food and not having to go hunt anymore. So now they have signs that say don't feed the bears because the bears became dependent. Well, we're no different. They're doing the same thing to, to everyone right now. And if they ever cut off the money, people are going to ride in the street because now you just took away this, uh, this artificial high they've been riding. Yeah. It's, and I think well, it's yeah. not even just the citizens that are on the high, the fucking government's on the high too. Yeah. They've been on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's no yeah, free lunch. The originators. Like money for nothing is a dire straight song. It's not an economic policy. You can't keep like just printing money for everyone. And I mean, indefinitely, like there's going to be consequences, but, uh, dude, I don't know. It's just, it, it just really surprises me. I have friends that are just like, they get excited. Like I'm in our group chat where one of my buddies like, like got our stimulus today with a big thumbs up. And I just texted him back. I was like, sweet. That was really courteous of your great grandkids. Tell them thanks. And he's like, oh, oh, well, you know, it helps pay the bills today. Okay. All right. Keep going. But that's where you got to tell people it's, it's not great grandkids anymore. It's we're paying right. for it right now. Like it, yeah. this is, this is not like, and don't get me wrong. That's been true for the last hundred years or so. Like it's whenever the government takes out debt, when they're genuinely borrowing it from a willing lender, but what they're doing right now is simply inflating that money will go somewhere and push up some price and people are going to lose their ass and it's going to be really difficult to get into certain markets. Like right now, if you're trying to buy a house, you're buying an overvalued house. Like there's no two ways around that. This isn't mm-hmm. real. For sure. That's why I just got to get a, I'm going to buy like a Suburban or something and sleep in the back of that. I've had it. <laughs> well, dude, dude that's the see, way to go. Do you see during, um, like I remember in the midst of the first lockdown when it was like uh, late spring, early summer, when there's like nobody out, I remember driving by a new car dealerships. They had like 0% financing for like 84 months. And that, I, that was like one of those things where I saw that with the stimulus bill. And I'm like, okay, we have some rocky waters ahead of us. Like this is not going to be good. Everything's overpriced. So, yeah, well, but, but dude, no, like, that, 
That's the same thing they did with the housing bubble. You they're doing with brand new cars, like zero percent people who can't. No, it's, afford yeah, it. the subprime like, auto auto loans. That's already happening. It's huge, dude. Like they're gonna, they're like, there's gonna be a huge. Like, I'm probably gonna go buy myself like a, a two year old car in four or five years, and all these people that, you know, went and financed. Um, a car they can't afford because of the free interest and the free government cheese they had that you know, up their income, um, their their job's going to go away that they don't realize yet because of all these repercussions from this. And the cars will get repossessed. We have a massive problem with with auto repossessions from you know the slightly used market from people who bought new cars. So it'll probably be a good time to buy. It's the only a silver lining if you're pre- preparing yourself for it. I'm gonna I'm gonna show the world how I'm living. <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking forward to the future. It's it's uh it's like i said it's it's scary to think about where we're at right now if we truly are like starting to hit the iceberg but also part of you is excited about it right i mean we're all sort of prepper type guys you know we have our our bug out bags and firearms and and you know gold and crypto and all this stuff and it's almost like you have to take the lemons and and make lemonade right i mean you have to enjoy the the dumpster fire in a way. And I think that's really what you have to do. If you just dwell on this stuff and look at the world around you and, and just get depressed, like that's, then Mm -hmm. you lose, you know, if you're not, if you're like genuinely living in fear, you're losing. So you might as well just try to enjoy it in whatever way. Absolutely. And the, the, the timeline earth guys were talking about that. They said like post-world war one, Germany was like the best time ever. They didn't, they didn't have a care in the world. Their money was worthless. All they did was hang out in the streets, drink, party. No one had jobs. I mean, it's basically like, yeah, they're living like a sophisticated trailer park boys type lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, uh, <laughs> my cousin called me today uh, and he's kind of like worried. Like, are, are you, are you stressing out about this stuff? Are you scared? Like about the future with all the political stuff? And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, obviously there's, I have concerns, but no, I'm not living in a constant state of fear. Like I got, I got four little kids that, you know, they're smiling and laughing every day and they're building memories right now. And they're, you know, building memories with my parents on the weekends. And we're, they're doing all the stuff I did as a kid that I look back at some of the best years of my life. And I'm giving them their, those memories right now. They have no idea about all this chaos going on in the background. So I was born in 1990. I can't control that. What's happening in the world when I came into it through all this chaos, there's nothing I could have done to change it. All I can do is navigate it day to day and try to keep my family safe and staying informed, um, knowing where to pretty, you know, how to protect your wealth and how to provide income and be self-sufficient. That's all I can really do. But yeah, I mean, I have concerns. Like when they start talking and, about. And wear your fucking mask. Yeah. Or your, where your compliance. <laughs> yeah. You know, Mike, on that point that you just made, there's a great line from the Lord of the Rings. Um, here I go again with, uh, with Tolkien where there's a scene where, uh, Frodo is kind of like sitting back and he's like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Like, how did I, he's like, I didn't want any part of this. I don't want to be the one who has to be involved. And, uh, and Gandalf says, all we have to decide is what to do. Or he goes, those aren't things for us to decide in our time. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that's given to us. And yeah. that's kind of what you're talking about. Like, yeah, perfect. you could sit there and shit yourself in fear, but it's like, really, it's like, no, here's the hand you're dealt. Play it. Like, what Plus, are you no, going to do? Wine and get least, a time machine? If nothing else, I got to just look confident for my kids. I can't have a dad looking like he's just terrified of the world and sheltered and too afraid to go outside. Like, like I, I wasn't doing, ironically, before all this stuff broke out today, um, all the chaos in D.C., I was listening back to 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. I listened to it about two years ago, and I just went back to it again. 
So I listened to the first chapter again, and which is about, you know, rule one is stand up straight with your shoulders back. And, uh, and you know, just the, his, his outlook is just, it's, that's the kind of stuff that gives me inspiration when I'm feeling stressed with all this information about politics. Like when you listen to that kind of stuff, it really just kind of clears your head and you're like, okay, yeah, like self-improvement feels good. But he was talking about order versus chaos, ironically, right before all this happened. He's like, order is when, you know, the train is on time. And, you know, chaos is when you find out your wife has been unfaithful and your world goes to hell. And um, he's going through all this stuff. And then right like right after I, like, stop listening, that's when everything starts blowing up about chaos in D.C. I'm like, oh, this is what he's talking about. Order is when they just go through this political theater process of transition of power and now we're in a chaos because Trump threw a monkey wrench into the machine. How do you think these Trump supporters are going to feel in two years when they've spent another two years getting shit on by the Harris Biden administration? And I said Harris first because she's really, we know, show. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, how, do, how do you think that they're going to feel like it, it, they're right for that sector is already starting to radicalize because they see the faults in the system. They feel that they were screwed. Do you really think that the Biden administration is going to make them feel any better or the media for that matter? Tyler, you went to a different high school than us, but did you ever have one of those teachers that could not control the class and everyone fucked with and the next generation would try to one up the previous class because he wasn't dominant? Okay. Yeah. So I think that's what we're going to do with Biden is we're going to have the Trump supporters big Biden's big. I have a national mask mandate. And they'd be like, no, no, we're not listening to you. Like you're gonna have 70 million people just going like, yeah, we don't listen to that guy. And he's gonna be trying to get the class in order, but no one's going to care. I think there's gonna be a lot of that. Um, And I think the good news is a lot of uh, small police departments and military people are on the side of those Trump supporters. And and like, what if they try this like uh, national lockdown? I saw the UK just started another one. How do the people, people are going to lose their fucking minds. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, wait, what, what was this? In the UK, they, they did it. They started another national lockdown because, you know, it didn't work the first two times. Let's try it another. Well, I saw our, our I saw the Illinois governor Pritzker today, who, if you guys are from out of state, you guys just look up governor Pritzker. He looks like if Chicago was a person, like that's, that's the best way I describe Pritzker. Like, or a he, character in the Sopranos. Yeah, same thing, you know. Um, but um, yeah, he put out a thing that we're gonna like step down to tier three mitigation, which I love these like just government arbitrary names. Like, well, if we can just maintain twelve percent for three consecutive days, like those are just numbers. Like, just what does this even mean? It's like all this arbitrary stuff, as if like this is status quo for COVID. We've been doing it for decades. Um, but yeah, he's like they're easing up restrictions, which I thought was kind of interesting. This is the day that now it's kind of like official. Biden's gonna take office. Now it's like, okay, we're going we're gonna to ease up the pressure a little bit. Like, it's very interesting timing. Yeah, you just stop testing as much and you, you know, you have some sort of half-assed mask mandate for a certain amount of time. And then, you know, when when people go back to normal and then we actually hit some sort of herd immunity and then you say, oh, we got the vaccine plus the mask mandates, we got it under control. And now here's yeah. Joe Biden. We or, had- or they continue to milk it. I have no idea. I'm, I'm torn on that. I, I think that they're going to, the cases are going to decrease or at least, and they're going to say, see, we trusted the science and this yeah. all worked out. I think but that could happen. We, and then- we all know that science is fake and gay. So, <laughs> and with that, they're all, they're going to give them credit 
guaranteed. They'll say he handled it like a real leader and the press is going to gurgle on his, on his genitals a little. But ultimately I think Vin Armani was right. I, don't, I think we're in the dim age and I don't think masks are going anywhere. These politicians are not giving up this power without a fight. Well, it's very possible that maybe they'll like hand him the COVID victory and like kind of ease up on that. But then also we're gonna have a climate emergency. And since mm-hmm. they saw how clean the air got when they shut down LA and all that stuff during the lockdowns, well, now they have incentive big. Look how clean the air is getting. We're doing it. If we can just lock down for eight more months, we can restore carbon levels to this number and they'll do the same nonsense. And we can't do a damn thing about it because the science is the Lord and Savior. Um, and it doesn't matter if 8,000 scientists that are privately funded dispute it. It doesn't matter because if we, as long as we have one that's a celebrity on every, the cover of every magazine, that'll be our Lord and Savior, our leader. So, yeah. I wonder who they're going to yeah. give person of the year to 2021. <laughs> Guarantee it's not going to be the animal hat guy. Yeah. Well, have you heard the conspiracy theories that the animal hat guy is, has been like an Antifa guy and he's like, uh, they think like it was like a conspiracy where they Antifa infiltrated it to do all this stuff. I wouldn't be surprised. Just ask there's yourself, of, why wouldn't they do that? There's a lot of chatter about it. I know nothing. I'm not taking that position, but it's very, it's interesting and not impossible. And you know, like they have motive. And also, you know, these people seem extremely disorganized. They didn't really have a plan. It was kind of just like, it was a free for all. They looked like a bunch of toddlers when the parents weren't home, like just taking stuff. And they were, it's not like they were like enraged and mad and smashing stuff. They were like laughing and taking selfies and like smiling, stealing a podium, you know? <laughs> so it's like, took a dump on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Yeah. They Dude, kind of, it would have been incredible. <laughs> Maybe they did. Maybe the media is just burying that. Um, but yeah, did you see like she was like in the middle of an email when she when she got evacuated? So like mm-hmm. they're in there and like like scrolling through her emails. <laughs> I wonder what kind of shit got uncovered that's being buried right that's, now. See, that's what I'm saying. They treated this so light. I yeah. mean, yeah, there was the whole Twitter outrage because they need their clicks. But ultimately, if her email was up, like, how do they not know that there was foreign policy stuff on there or stuff that is you know, secret, top secret, whatever classification you want to give it. How do we not know if they're sitting there scrolling our emails? Don't you think that'd be like kind of a big deal? Dude, I'm just incredibly blown away by how lax the security is at the capital of our country. Dude, like they, they hopped and skipped right in. Dude, the police let them through the barricade. You see the video? Like that's why there's the, the, the rumors about it being Antifa where it's all coordinated that's plausible just because the police are standing there and all of a sudden it was like, they got an order. They just like pull these barricades back and kind of stand back and let everyone through. Like it was the opening of an amusement park. It's so weird. So I don't know. Everything is an op. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Everything over the last four years I'm convinced is an op (laughs) to some level. Nick's Nick's nodding because we can't hear him, but no, you can hear me. I'm just oh. nodding because that's my best nonverbal communication for the listeners. I'm doing that like duck lips, like mm-hmm, kind of thing. But yeah, <laughs> it's true. Tyler nailed it on the head. Yeah, man. It's, yeah, it's I, just, I think, they, ask questions. I think the Russia scandal that had, that had foreign intelligence written all over it, that, that has op written the, the 400,000 votes that just appear at 4 a.m. in the morning. I'm not saying that fraud took place, but it's kind of odd. Dude, eight, it was like 800 odd, odd. That in Vegas, and then all of a sudden it stopped yeah. at 2 a.m. Like if won't... I was a betting man at, at one point in the night, 
I would have bet the house on Trump. Yeah, and I, I just everything over the last four years, the the coordinated attack from the press, all all of it just feels really odd. And I think that most logical people, even if they're still holding on to their their place in the matrix i think that ultimately this this kind of seems there's a lot of coincidences and and i hope what i just said isn't too confusing or too sophisticated and i don't mean that in a condescending way (laughs) oh hey alex good to see you yeah we got alex jones yeah i I thought we had to have some sort of alex jonesism that really summarized this episode for us i was really I saw on Twitter, someone put out on Twitter today, they're like, I was really hoping Alex Jones would show up in a tank and just take over the Capitol. <laughs> that would be incredible. Like an InfoWars tank, Alex oh. Jones's ultimate revenge. <laughs> they kick him off all Dude. this stuff. They don't give him any path to vindication. And what's he do? Takes over the whole show. Dude, he, he is a marketing genius. I, I was mm. listening to, uh, it was actually on Tim Pool's show. They were talking about how he was prepared for this, like, a decade like decades ago like being completely independent and selling only his own products so he's not beholden to like ad revenue and stuff like he's and and just the grassroots marketing he's done with the bumper stickers and everything it's like the dude has built himself the most insulated you could be and what i don't understand is they cancel that dude and every podcast he's on it's the most viewed episode yeah he's like every single one once you make him taboo, everyone's like, well, I want to see what this guy has to say. Why can't I hear it? What's he say? And, you know, it makes him more interesting. What's that? What's that effect that they call it? Uh, like, strike me high. down. Strike me yeah. down, Vader. I'll become more powerful than you could ever imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Nick, before we go, do you want to try to do one Jordan Peterson uh, prank call? I can edit it out if it's not good. Now we, we well, put too much pressure on bloody, Let me think of what I'm going to say. It has to be authentic or else I'm just a mouthpiece for somebody else. <laughs> Does that actually sound accurate right now? Sometimes it takes a minute to get into the right inflection. <clears throat> yeah. That sounds pretty you're, good. You're, you're, you're starting, you're leaving chaos and going to order. <laughs> I want <laughs> cheese and pepperoni because cheese and pepperoni represents order. And if Come you get the pineapple on the pizza with the ham and and all these toppings, the sardines, and the different kinds of cheeses, and this in today's world, it's just chaos. Dude, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was listening to Jordan Peterson's audiobook today with Jordan Peterson narrating, and I can't tell I'm not listening to the book right now. It's beautiful. That, it sounds it's, like a, it's beautiful. It's good. No, you're just buttering me up. It's a little late. We'll we'll <clears throat> hold on. We'll do. Uh, okay. We'll do it on the next episode for sure. I'm too on the spot. I feel we'll, we'll get, feel like we'll get the Jordan Peterson going. We'll get the Alex Jones soundboard fired up. <laughs> yeah, weird. For sure. Oh, we'll no, do we, got, we do have uh, Gene Epstein coming back on this weekend too. So I'm really going to want to get some information about this uh, new round of stimulus from. Uh, yeah, I got to got to hear what Gene has to say. That guy, yeah. that guy yeah. is about he, he's as, he's as good as they come. Mm-hmm. And he's 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 sound. He doesn't go too wild card with it. <laughs> for sure it's good gene's the man well it's yeah cool. i can't believe he thinks that the iceberg uh is 10 years away that's the biggest thing i'm surprised by well, but i think he's well, just very conservative with predicting you know yeah what was his theory is that he doesn't want to be like peter schiff yeah, Peter Schiff yes. says the sky's falling every other day that's what he said he said you know every year for since 2012 he's predicted that so eventually he's going to be right but you know it's a broken clock 
um, which I, I do like Peter Schiff too. So I mean, I, I, I try not to discredit him or anything. I, he has a lot of valuable stuff to say. But yeah, I really like Gene, Gene's input quite a bit. But Nick, what was he saying that basically he thinks that it's not going to be like the bottom falls out overnight. It's going to be like a, a balloon slowly letting the year, the well, year he, out. He's like saying he was referencing U.S. Treasury bonds specifically when he said that. Okay. So he thinks that we're just going to see the air leak out and it's not going to burst. That's kind of how he described it, which I mean, that's a little above my head in terms of what it, I kind of conceptually understand it, but I can't articulate it at all. It's like, OK, I see what you're saying. Like it's not like nobody's going to lend to the government like all at once overnight. He means that nobody's people are just going to steer away from bonds and, and, you know, slowly the fed is going to become the sole buyer. I, that's basically how I understand that. You what know? about BlackRock? Isn't BlackRock buying up a bunch of shit for the fed? I don't know how that works. I, I man, I, yeah. I haven't listened to Peter Schiff in a while only because it's uh, I depressing. I, I know it my, sounds like something. It is depressing. Yeah, I sold my BlackRock stocks. I was done with them. They're collaborators. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, all the big players are. There's no way around it. There's no way to yet. avoid the government cheese. It's everywhere. Yeah. And really even is. if you, even if you, as Eric July says, even if you drive on them ho ass roads, <laughs> fuck those ho ass roads. He says, fuck them ho ass roads. Yeah, fuck Dude. them ho ass roads. That was like my favorite quote of 2020. It's beautiful because it's so true. Every time you're like, well, I don't really believe in big government. They're like, well, who's going to pave the roads? Yeah. That's why it's so hard to even like – I avoid debates because it's like every time it's like Groundhog Day, you got to start back from the beginning. It's like, oh, we got to do the roads again? Can we, can we start somewhere else? We just got to start from the roads. Like everyone wants right. to know about the roads. About minimum wage. Yeah. Right. But – all right, guys. We're at about an hour and ten minutes, so it's a good point to wrap. Anything you want to add or close on? Follow me on Twitter at Schlitz underscore beer. Oh, My also, favorite yeah. Twitter handle ever. I wish we should probably start really? plugging ours too. Just follow us on Twitter at to underscore Pauls. I don't know how to personalize the handle. Do you? Is there anything something I can do to edit that? And it just assigned me that. I'm Twitter illiterate. You, you can you can change your Twitter handle. It's in the okay. settings. But I'm not changing mine until I get a cease and desist. So it's, <laughs> it's staying at Schlitz underscore beer. If you get uh, if you get large enough where uh, Schlitz is giving you a cease and desist, I think you're doing pretty damn good. That's, That's right. Like uh, Gene Simmons and uh, Pulse to the Wall. Or sorry, yeah, no, Paul Stanley and Pulse to the Wall. That was his yeah. podcast from like 2012 or something that he had 10 episodes of. So. Kiss he, goes hard he a, after all the trademark stuff. See, we kind of did like the uh, vanilla ice thing with the ice ice baby beat from Queen. And we're like, no, no. See, he had P A U L apostrophe S, and we're P A U L S plural. So you know we're different. But also, right. they've been on episodes since 2013, so I think we're in the clear. However, you know they do shamelessly, you know, trademark everything they do. So who knows? But once again, if we get that big, I'll change the name. But until then, Gang. Paul's to the wall. Later. Peace. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.